ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Niner Sports Talk, presented by Uptown Audio. I'm Bryson Foster, and I'm joined by my co-host. Bradley Cole, and it's good to be with you again today, Bryson. Obviously, a lot to talk about when it comes to Charlotte Athletics. We're finally getting towards the end of the year, but we still have a lot to go. A lot of teams are starting to go to conference tournaments and conference play. So let's go ahead and jump into one of those conference tournament discussions. As the Charlotte women's soccer team went to the conference tournament last week and was kind of an underdog and kind of run us through their run, Bryson. The women's soccer team really had a great weekend. The baseball and softball teams were in action. And men's soccer made the NCAA tournament. We're going to get to sit down with Coach Kevin Lanigan today. That'll be later on in the show. But yeah, Brad, exactly. The women's soccer team had a great run at the Conference USA Tournament. I don't think many people expected them to go to the finals. That's a little bit of a spoiler there. But they started on Tuesday, April 13th, playing North Texas, the Mean Green, which was the number two seed in the West Division. It was a defensive showdown between both teams going back and forth. Abby Stapleton showed up and showed out in that game. And a goal late would end the game and the Charlotte 49ers would get that from Haley Shand. Man, what a goal that was. And Charlotte would end up holding on to win one to nil to move on to the semifinals where they would face the East Division's number one seed, Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. It was a two nil victory, which was huge. Charlotte 49ers came out of nowhere to get that win. Piper Bazoric scoring her second goal in the season and Michelle Arteta scoring her fourth. But once again, Abby Stapleton did not allow a goal, which was huge. The Charlotte 49ers controlled that game and they would punch their ticket to the finals where they would face nationally ranked number 25 in the nation, Rice, which was the West Division's number one seed, but also the number one seed in the whole conference. Sadly, the run would end for Charlotte. Two to nil loss to Rice, but man, what a run for this team. What you say, Brad? Yeah, this is a team that like it's different when you play in like your regular fall, your regular offseason, but they've been waiting for a long time for this season. They haven't played since that fall 2019 season. So they go into a shortened season. They have some cancellations, postponements. They end up coming out six and six after these games and everything. Very young team, too. So they're they're returning other than Abigail Stapleton, which they'll dearly miss. They're returning a lot of firepower for next year. So that's one good thing they can look forward to. But another thing, this team definitely exceeded those expectations that they had. They're very young. No one really expected that. So to come out and have a chance to get the NCAA tournament as they did was pretty much a success in itself. Yep, you're totally right there, Brad. It just came up short, but it is a run nobody will ever forget because it was pretty special. But, Brad, like I said earlier, baseball and softball was an action. Run us down some of the scores, and the Charlotte 49ers baseball team, their ranking continues to go up in the polls. Obviously, last week, Charlotte baseball finally found themselves in the polls. They haven't been in the polls in quite a while, and they found themselves 21st in the D1 baseball poll, and there's quite a few polls in college baseball. A lot of those, uh, you got the college writer poll, you have D1, Baseball America, and they find themselves now 19 in a couple other polls as well, as they had a great week. They had their North game against North Carolina that was scheduled for Tuesday, postponed, so they ended up going just playing UTSA this week, and 
it, it was a decent. Now, obviously, the, the, this team is has been kind of used to success this year, and they were on a roll of a, a very good win streak that's dated back for quite a while. They went to now twenty five and ten overall. They are fourteen and two in conference, and that second loss came against UTSA in a ten inning game. They lost eleven to five after UTSA had quite the inning in the, the extra innings. But those first three games, they had quite the hold. They had a six two win to start out the series on Friday, and the doubleheader they had a ten six win and. 11-10 win, which was a comeback Saturday. And, you know, the past two weeks have done quite well. Their last loss before this UTSA loss was against Western Kentucky on March 28th. So they back-to-back sweeps, one against Florida Atlantic, one against Florida International. And now they'll go to Boone on Tuesday to face Appalachian State at 5 p.m. on ESPN Plus for their midweek game. And they come back home to start what's going to be two straight series against Old Dominion, eight uh, well, it was going to be eight straight games, but now they have that North Carolina game that's been rescheduled for the 27th of April and between there. But going to be quite the battle there. So Charlotte baseball has really come together. Pitching has been good. They've been injured here and there, but when they're at full strength, they come together and they play really good baseball. And if they don't win this conference tournament, especially with being ranked, they have a really good chance at going to the NCAA tournament as an automatic bid. But on the other side of the field, or diamond, whatever we call it, as they kind of share... Space in a way, you have the uh, baseball stadium in one area and the, the softball diamond on the other area. The softball team, the Charlotte, Charlotte 49ers softball team has had a good season as well, putting up a very similar rec- record, 25 and 10. And they had a great weekend. They've also dealt with a lot of cancellation and postponements on their end, but they won their series against FIU. They won their first game on Friday, 3-2. Then on Saturday, 5-3 in, in that doubleheader, six innings, 12-4, but lost 8-11 to or 11-8. And we'll go to Western Kentucky next weekend to face Western K- Kentucky Hilltopper. So a lot of interesting stuff going on with both of those teams. I think it's very interesting that we have two very good softball and baseball teams, and I think that that's only going to get better moving forward. Yeah, got to start the petition to rank the softball team. They deserve it. Uh, but, you know, this, this baseball team continues to do what they've done all season long, which is put up a lot of runs. And that's what they've continued to do. They did lose that game against UTSA, but they're not really concerned about winning every game. They know that there's going to be some losses and some rough patches. But I think for them, it's just winning games, taking them one game at a time and trying to win these series. Uh, for the softball team as well, they look really good. Like you said, it's been up and down season, but they really haven't missed a beat or have been discouraged at all. So both of those teams are definitely on the up and up, and it's it's exciting to see two young programs with a bright future ahead of them. Yep, let's move into soccer. Before we talk to Coach Kevin Lanigan, let's talk about what the men's soccer team has done this year. Yeah, so the men's soccer team has been very up and down this season. And it seemed that the season was going to be uncertain. Many cancellations, many postponements. Lost to Duke in the early season. A loss to UNCW and a loss to West Virginia. Saw the team sitting at 0-3 until the spark changed it all. A win against number seven, Kentucky, 2-1 in overtime, would put the Niners on a six-game winning streak, which would end on April 18th. The winning streak would go from March 6th to April 18th. The team is now number 12 in the nation, and they have a chance 
to go to the College Cup as they play the North Carolina Tar Heels as they will look to avenge the loss that they had many years ago in the final of the College Cup. But on Wednesday last week, they would beat FIU to push the win streak to six games, one to nil, and then a loss to other nationally ranked conference opponent, number nine, Marshall, two to nil, would end the season for the team at six, three, and one. But there's a lot more to be done for the team as they will face the Tar Heels with a chance to get back to the College Cup and a chance to put a trophy in the halls of Charlotte. Yeah, you're exactly right, Bryson. Just to go back, a quick correction there. They lost, they tied with Duke earlier this season, so they started the season with two losses and, and one tie until they had their first win which took a little bit for them to get, you know, it took a while. They finally, like you said, they played a national ranked team in Kentucky and now the Charlotte 49ers are ranked 12th in the nation. So they have a lot to look forward to playing right up the road in Cary, North Carolina against North Carolina. As we mentioned before, that will be May 2nd at 5 p.m. Going to be interesting to be back in postseason play. There was not a conference USA tournament this year. So the automatic qualifying bid went to the regular season winner of that conference. So now that's some things we'll be able to ask Coach Lambigan as we welcome him to the Niner Sports Talk. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We're here with uh, head coach Kevin Lanigan of the Charlotte soccer team. Thank you so much, coach, for joining us. It's definitely you know a great pleasure to have you on and to uh, get to talk some soccer as well as some of the big news with the team qualifying for the NCAA tournament. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. First things first, Coach, congratulations on getting an automatic bid for your team. It's kind of uh, almost something you expect for your team, but very difficult this year with the spring season, not playing a game for so long after not playing the 2019 season. And also a lot of, uh, you know, quarantine and every single team and every single sport has dealt with it. Explain to me how difficult, or explain to us rather, how difficult this season was for not only the players, but just as a coaching staff getting through each week with a lot of unknowns. Well, well, thanks for having me first. We wish we did have the automatic bid. That would have meant we won the trophy yesterday, but we got the at-large bid today. It's a great question. It's been a, a very unique season. And, you know, our motto at the start of the year was to adapt and overcome. We knew by talking with the the coaches on campus from the fall that this was going to be a real challenge just with obviously navigating COVID and navigating games being cancelled late and, and not having players available. So it's been a been a real unique journey for us. We, we saw it as a challenge and we saw it as a great opportunity. And to be honest, I, I know speaking for myself and I'm sure the players would agree, it was just wonderful for us to be out there competing. We'd spent a whole year either in lockdown or just training and kicking each other in practice. So the players to be given the chance albeit for only 10 games as opposed to the normal 18, just to get out there and compete, put on the jerseys and get on the great surface at Transamerica and to test ourselves against other universities was just a, a real joy for us all. And then as we went along, we knew it was going to be a, a shortened season. We knew there was going to be a shortened NCAA tournament field this year. So the challenges were real. We had to hit the ground running and we had to realize that every game had that cup final feel to it, that every game was really, really important. Normally, in a, in a traditional season, you might have a chance for one or two slip-ups here or there, but we knew that we weren't going to have that. So really proud of the, the players, really proud of everyone associated with the program and the university department. that They allowed us to play and compete this spring, but to how they handled the whole situation. So with your matchup coming up, you play North Carolina. So, you know, an in-state team, I guess you could say an in-state rival. 
So what do you think about going into this matchup? What are your thoughts about playing the Tar Heels? And what do you think the team's strengths are going in to face a team like this in the in postseason play? Firstly, we're just really, really excited to be given the opportunity to play postseason. And, and then secondly, as a team, these last four weeks, we've been hit quite hard with COVID and COVID protocols. So the, the most exciting thing for me is we get 13 days and we have everyone cleared and everyone raring to go. So we're going to get a good many days on the practice field, regroup and getting everyone together, really reinforcing our identity that we haven't really had a chance to do for over a month now. So that's going to be exciting. And then just to play Chapel Hill, to be honest, we haven't played them for a few seasons. The nature of college where, you know, the team changes every one, two years dramatically. So we're looking forward to watching them as a staff on video and really getting a handle on them. But we have great history over the past decade with Chapel Hill, obviously going back all the way to the 2011 national final. And then I believe we played him in uh, 2014 as well in the NCAA. So, so an opponent we're very familiar with, an in-state rival, but a team we need to get to know here in the next, next few days as we prepare for them. Coach, looking at this Carolina team, there's a lot of similarities when you just look at pure goals and shots and all that. Are these, what what do you have to change maybe since you're definitely a team you haven't seen in the regular season? And obviously you're unfortunately coming off a loss against a, a ranked Marshall team. So what do you see from this Carolina team that you've maybe haven't seen in Conference USA play? It's a great question. I, I would be lying if I knew. I'm not actually had a chance to sit there. I've watched them play a little bit on ESPN on my phone, just on a Friday night watching them play, but I've not sat and studied them yet. So I really have to do that. And we'll definitely, as a staff, be doing that over the next few days. I think for us, we're very fortunate to play in one of the, the most powerful soccer conferences in the country. That was evident in the fact that we got two at-large bids in a shortened field. So Marshall, who won it yesterday, unfortunately for us, and then ourselves and Kentucky got the at-large bid. So so we are in a very, very strong men's soccer conference. And that's only going to get stronger here in the next 12 months to 24 months when we're adding some affiliate teams. So for us, we, we are in a great, strong conference. We do face some really, really strong conference opponents every week. Obviously, Chapel Hill are in the ACC, which has currently been a very powerful soccer conference. But for us, we're not scared of anyone in the country. We expect to go and win every game. So for us, between now and then, it's about scouting our opponent, putting together a game plan and, and really trying to implement it on the day. Kentucky, that's the game that changed everything for you guys. You end up finishing the season 6-3-1, and one, but that was a rough start to the season. What changed... You beat Kentucky in a thrilling game. What changed? How does it prepare you after facing a gauntlet schedule? Yes, this season was crazy. We hadn't played a competitive game for over 440 days. And we start off, some would say foolishly, by the head coach away at Duke on the road when they played all the fall. And that was our first competitive game. And we were outstanding for 100. And it went to double overtime. And it was 30 degrees. And it was one of those games where it's like, what am I doing to my team? We've not had a competition for a long, long time. But we were incredible. Absolutely fantastic. Should have, could have maybe won the game. They were a great team and pushed back on the day. Then we went to Wilmington and we lost, but it was a game where you're scratching your head going, wow, there's just a couple of moments here or there or a bit of a misfortune, but we were very, very good. Then we roll into West Virginia and we lose that game. And it's the same, you know, we have lots of stats in soccer. XG is one where you look at, you know, chances created and we were by far better than both opponents. So I remember walking back from Transamerica Field to our field house, scratching my head going, wow, what, this season could be over before it even begins. And we're actually playing really good soccer and we look like a really good team. 
So then we go on the road to Kentucky and we are one nil down after nine minutes on a wonder goal. And you stood on the sideline again thinking, God, this is just not going to be our year. But a credit to the players, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't not let it go their way. And we fought our way back in the Kentucky game. We won in the overtime. And you're absolutely right. From that moment on, I think everyone just took a big, deep breath and went, okay, we can do this. We're as good as we know we are. We're as good as we think we are. Let's now go and attack every conference game. And and from that moment on until yesterday, I didn't think we conceded a goal. We were very dominant in conference play, which is very, very hard to do in our conference to dominate like we did. And then yesterday, obviously, again, it's one of those games where I thought we had the better chances, the better looks a little bit on the wrong end of, of some luck, but we still played very well. So very, very happy with the team, but also just proud as a coach that, you know, you start the season 0-2-1. and That's a time when players could be pointing fingers, players could be whining about playing time, coaches could be getting upset with players, but we didn't do any of that. We, we stuck together very strong. We had some brutally honest conversations about what we had to get better at. And the guys to their absolute credit just went out there and implemented it. And we got rolling and then we started smiling and enjoying our soccer again. And it's been a wonderful journey so far and long may it continue. So adversity has been a big word for not just the men's soccer team, but I think for every sports team, especially with this COVID season, so many uncertainties. But how do you think that this soccer team especially has handled that adversity of playing through this uncertain season? And what are your thoughts on playing in this postseason? How do you think the team will continue to play through and deal with adversity as a team? It's my adversity is one of the words of 2020, 2021 and we pivot and COVID, etc. So we try to, to reframe it and just see it as challenges and opportunities. Our motto at the start of the year was to adapt and overcome one of the first chats as a team with the players as well, that more than any other season in the history of college soccer, especially at Charlotte, we were going to have to go deep. And I believe that played up to 26 players, you know, 24 players maybe, which is vastly more than what we normally play. And every time we play a game, the guys who didn't play, we'd bring them in the next day when the other players are recovering and say, look, you guys have got to stay fit. You've got to stay sharp. We're just one positive test away from you guys all starting next game. And that's the way it happened. You know, our campus had a little bit of COVID outbreak and it, it, it crept into our team. And if you look at the starting teams and the players who played over the last four games, it certainly was our mantra of adapt and overcome. I think our mantra of everyone be ready and be there for your brother, I think really helped us this year to navigate the journey and the challenges that we knew were going to come. But until it happens, you're kind of unsure. And it was very real. We, we were really dealing with some situations here where we were scratching our heads and trying to figure out a starting lineup. Okay, rotations off the bench. Okay, he's going to get his first minutes as a college soccer player in a must-win game against a great conference opponent but we have no choice and he's ready and we've trained him well and he's a great young man and he's going to step up and that was kind of the story of our season no doubt about it well coach hopefully some play left for you guys may 2nd sunday 5 p.m against the north carolina Tar heels good luck coach thanks for coming on and talking to us today and hope for the best for the rest of the season thank you so much guys it's been fun